Welcome to Songwriter Trysts, an intimate podcast that is connecting songwriters from all over the world. I'm singer-songwriter Ray Lee and your host for this show. Music saved my life and I want to talk to other songwriters about the power of music, talk about their journey and how they got to where they are today. This is a safe space to share stories, lessons and emotions, all the great things that build an amazing song. My name's Eddie Rourke and I'm a proud Melbourneian, Victorian, grew up and raised here and at the moment living in Whittlesea, country Victoria and loving it. Mm-hmm. Been around a bit. I, I was in Maryborough as a younger kid, which is even further out in the country Victoria. And yep. I grew up most of my uh, teens in a little town called Baronia, which is uh, near mm-hmm. the Dandenongs if you've ever been. Beautiful spot yep. in, in Melbourne. Yeah, been in the mountains, been in the country, been in the city, lived in the city last year during lockdown with my partner. So yeah. I didn't get a great sleep with all the traffic on the road. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> prefer the country lifestyle for the quiet nights, yeah. Yeah, and is it in lockdown at the moment? I haven't been keeping up with what's going on down there in Victoria. Yeah, it's been crazy. We just came out of a two-week lockdown recently and it's our fourth one. So it's been a bit crap, but we were lucky that we were able to do our single launch on the weekend. That was awesome. So you were actually, you didn't have to postpone or cancel or anything like that? You did like a show? Yeah, there's this awesome little venue in Stanhope that called Neon Horse. How did you go from being a country Victorian boy to getting into being a songwriter? It's a bit of a journey actually. So my nana, who was from Maryborough where I spent some of my time growing up. She bought me my first guitar from a local uh, guitar shop yeah. in Maryborough and it was a Washburn red guitar. It was a beautiful electric guitar and she just had wow. this belief in me that I would be a musician. But mm. at the time I was uh, hungry to play AFL. I, I was really into sport and actually really close to playing AFL. And I was 18 and I told my mum oh, I'm how come? playing a, uh, football. I didn't get into AFL because okay. music yeah. just took over. You know, and I think my, my nana saw something in me there, but my mum always saw it in me too. My mum took me to guitar lessons mm-hmm. throughout my teens mm-hmm. when I got my guitar, and she was really supportive of both my sport and my music yep. uh, careers. And, yeah, music just connected with me, especially when I was 18, 19. That's when I took the plunge to go, I want to do this full time. Wow, yeah. And it was just a, I had an epiphany moment. I, I played my first gig at this senior citizens hall at, for an 18th. And yeah. It just went really well and I just felt, yeah, I just feeling the energy of a crowd and an audience and, and we played four, I remember that night we played four original songs. I was, already, I was already writing songs yeah. by 17, 18 and just yeah. you know, having people sing along and, and to your songs, it was just a, a thrilling experience that I wanted to just continue on. And you were hooked. Yeah, I was hook, line, sinker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Renee. <laughs> okay, so most important question after that conversation, who do you barrack for? I'm a Hawthorne supporter. Oh, you know, that was cool to be a Hawthorne supporter when they won three premierships in a row, but not at the moment. <laughs> I, I can't talk. I've been an Essendon supporter since I was a little kid and I really, I can't, I don't, I know nothing about them. Although I went to the, the Anzac game this year and that was cool because they won against Collingwood. Oh, that was nice So you decided to be a songwriter professionally, but oh, really? you said you were already writing songs. I want to know that story. When did you start writing songs and why did you do it? 
I started writing songs as a therapy, I think, looking back. I don't, I don't think I realized it at the time, but, you know, you know, not growing up with a father and home life being, what happened? I had a pretty good upbringing, and, but just having, feeling a bit yeah. like something was missing, not having a father figure. And I, I found a father figure in my guitar okay. teacher you know, that my mum introduced me to. And, you know, just through him, like we developed a really good friendship and throughout my 20s we stayed friends. I'm 33 now, yeah. but, yeah, we... You know, just, yeah, he inspired me to, obviously he taught me the theory behind music and I knew how to play songs. I knew how to, you know, how chord progressions worked. I knew how to solo. I knew about melodies and he encouraged me to start writing songs. And I think I just started doing it and, yeah, and I just felt like it was something that really I connected with. And I just, putting my feelings on paper and, and then putting mm. it to a melody was like, this is, I don't feel angry or anything once I've done it. If I'm feeling any emotion like that's negative and I put it on paper into a, a song and put a positive spin on it, it's like a really beautiful therapeutic thing. Very healthy. Yeah. And mm. like I, I used to, every teenager goes through their little phases of being angry or emotional, you know, I just to <laughs> let that on the footy field. But now it's, I put that into my songs now and I tell yeah. stories. And, and the thing is that... It, most emotions we go through is what most people go through. It mm. has to relate to some people that listen to our music and they find a connection with it. And just in yeah. the same way that when I grew up, I I would put on Bruce Springsteen and listen mm. to his storytelling and it would connect with me because he'd been through a similar experience. And I wanted to, you know, do that, you know, as a job. Yeah. time on a Friday night, sitting at home with a glass of wine. Can't shake the memories of our love from my mind I called you up on the telephone I didn't think you'd be home all alone A girl like you should be out on the town We both know that we should leave the past Where it is, but baby, I don't care One last time talking about experiences in like not having a father around yeah that's something that's it's been there like i have a son now trying to do the reverse and be there for him 100 percent. how old is he he's six months oh congratulations thank you daddy oh he's so cool (laughs) yeah it's just you know that that changes you for life when you have kids absolutely i've got three of them oh wow yeah my partner wants three of them (laughs) (laughs) Good Although luck. Just enjoy the first one first. Yeah. I'll tell you what everyone told me when I was pregnant with my third. Don't have more than two. <laughs> I'm hearing that a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, like my partner and I, we have this theory that it's like babies are always good news and you get what you need. And honestly, I just think that I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have my kids. They, it's weird, but they actually teach you a lot about yourself. In my experience, they've taught me a lot about myself. And it's such an incredible experience, isn't it? It's like the worst and best thing you'll ever do in your life. But, well, yeah. you know, we're linking it to songwriting. Like my songwriting mm. in the last years changed so much. I mean, I know, like the single we have out now was written yep. three years ago and I was in a completely different place. And obviously the songs at the moment are coming out with a more positive spin, like a lot more positive and I'm in a beautiful relationship, so... You know, writing yeah. songs about my partner and, and now I want to write songs about you know, my new my family now because we have a son. Yeah. And, you That's know. beautiful. Yeah. So they're all chapters of my life. I see them as like chapters in a book of life. And like the single that's out now, like I said, was written three years ago, one last time, and that was about wow. a past relationship. And it's, yeah, yeah it's. Takes time, doesn't it? 
Yeah, but and when you when you sing it live, even though I'm not in the same place as I was when I wrote the song, there's still someone that could connect with it and is yeah. going through a similar thing. And yeah, it's it's time. That's what makes music timeless. Yeah. Something that feels good be so bad. I don't know why we keep coming back. Our friends who are crazy and we're losing track. Going round in circles like a moth to a flame. We both know that this ain't a good thing. But I can't help it, babe. I want you now. talked a little bit about how writing songs has been therapeutic for you. Do you mind sharing, just for me and the sake of the audience, a little bit more about what songwriting has done for you and, and how, you, like, the power behind it and that connection that you found, not only from listening to other people's, but writing it and then sharing it with other people. Like, what's that experience been like for you? Life-changing, really. I'm quite an intense person and always mind is ticking mind is always going somewhere and I think that when we let our minds go it can as human beings it might go I don't know I can't speak for everyone but mine tends to go negative if I just sit at home and do nothing and, and I don't have a goal but you know songwriting and because it's such a an endless thing like you, you can't like master it and mm. it's like you can get better and better at it and I just feel like even I listen to Bon Jovi now like he's still writing great songs and yeah you know he, I don't think the best songs are necessarily behind him. So mm. it's just, it opened up a, a door of, oh, this is just something I can grab onto whenever I'm feeling down. And even when I'm feeling happy or whatever emotion I'm feeling, I can go write a song and I can, it can make me feel good. And if yeah. I'm feeling good, it'll make me feel better because I just wrote a song. And and that, that's what it's been like from the start. I remember mm. when I wrote my first song and with my first rock band and then when we played it live and then you have the experience of the audience seeing it and and smiling mm. to it and it just becomes bigger than you it's yeah you can have conversations with people and the, the song can move now with all these platforms you can reach millions of people and yeah. just something that you wrote in your room or in the bathroom or the shower like <laughs> some of the songs just come in in the shower like i'll just be you know a melody will come and i'll just get out of there grab my guitar and put it down mm. but yeah it's been a yeah. it's been a it's been a saving grace i'd say yeah. to put it Simply, it's, yeah, it's just been something that has really saved me and I think and made me and put me on a good path in my life. Yeah, you know, me too. I think that if I had of, I think that with the upbringing I had, not having a father, I, I could have maybe went to something negative like drugs or something. Or, But like mm-hmm. songwriting is like my drug. I want to, I've written a great song and I want to do another one and I want to do another one. Yeah. I'm not doing that with any substances or anything it's that's it's like a healthy substance and i'm so i'm yeah, so thankful that i found it really yeah absolutely. yeah absolutely. i have therapists that told me i'd probably be dead if i hadn't didn't have music because i probably would have gone down that unhealthy escapism route like it, it music is a form of escapism writing is a form of escapism and it's mm. it enables you to get 
that stuff that's internal out without having to like sit and talk about it. You can just express it somehow, however it comes out, just let it out. That's really cool. I'm really glad that you had that. And you said that you listened to Bon Jovi. I can definitely hear a bit of influence in of Bon Jovi in your voice, which is cool. <laughs> it's, it's a real... Have you seen him live or...? Absolutely. I saw him in 2008, actually, and mm. that was a great experience. A huge, not just John Bon Jovi, but the band, Richie Sambora, and their, mm. like their songwriting abilities as a band, you know, and just hearing the stories, how they wrote One and Dead are Alive together and their collaborations. Mm. And, but that's, that's inspiring to me. I've always been a lone wolf songwriter. Like I've always, until the last, say, year or two, I've actually mm. now been collaborating writing. And following the How's that transition of, going for you? Actually really good. I think that in the past I used to not like it when people would, you know, make suggestions on my song or, or <laughs> I think that this would be better if you said that. Inside myself I'd be a little bit annoyed at that person. But mm. now I'm just so, I don't know, I think it's just maturity and getting mm. older and, and realising that this, maybe someone maybe someone's idea can make this song better. Let's be open to it. Mm. And I had the privilege of writing with Troy Camp. Who's, oh yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, really uh, quite a popular Australian artist. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah, he's over in Nashville, so we wrote over Zoom, mm-hmm. and we've been performing the song live. It hasn't been released as a single, but uh, we're planning to release it because the crowd's just loving it. Uh, every time mm. we play it, it's, everyone's commenting on it. Yep. Yeah, a doc up on Google Docs, and yeah, yeah okay, yeah, yeah. How good is Google Docs? <laughs> it just makes those overseas or I can write with anyone from Nashville to Queensland to anywhere. Yeah, no, I love collaborating now. It's a new thing and it's very popular in the country scene to to collaborate. You look at a Keith Urban yeah. album and there's five writers on a song now. And it is. It's such a it's such a good practice to do but it does take maturity to learn how to be able to go into a co-write with an open mind and allow not be over-attached to your lyrics. Like. Mm and be able to take feedback and that's such an important part of songwriting. What have you noticed outside of that that has been a real big takeout from co-writing that you've just gone, yeah, like I've learnt this from doing it or what have you gotten out of it other than just good songs? I've gotten out of it just to, obviously I've learnt Even in the moment I might not like the idea, but then giving time to sit back, re-listen to it later, that's mm. we don't have to have the song perfect right now. Like it, it can take time. Mm. And realising that I'm not the only one with cool ideas. There's other people that can contribute greatly to a, a, a work of art. And that's what we're doing is art. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that's the main thing, just, just learning that having a we, an us attitude is a really good thing. And I mean, there's obviously songs that, like the one that's out right now, One Last Time, that's a very personal song to me. I wrote every word of that in one night. Yeah. I brought it to the band. Sometimes you have those, those moments where you write a song and it's boom and yeah. all the lyrics happen in one night and it's perfect. And there's been a couple like that and it's been really cool. And as soon as I show the band, they're like, yeah, we're not going to, ch- we don't want to touch it. It's already good. Yeah. But there's sometimes there's like some that need that bit of work and it needs that little bit of teamwork and people adding a bit here, a bit of colour there. And I love both of those processes. Yeah, that's good. I love that. 
And now that you're releasing music, you, you've got to that point where you're like, okay, I want to release my music into the world and perform and you've got that buzz with performance. What are you, What's your hope or goal for the future from your audience and the people that become your tribe and your fans? What is your hope or goal for them to get out of your music and what's the journey that they're going to go on with you? I want people to hear our music and be taken on a journey and mm. to bring joy and and take them through a lot of different emotions and just to take them on a ride in the same way that I, I listen to a Bruce Springsteen discovery to go on a journey um, mm. of emotion. And I can put on a song of a favourite artist and be, and it puts me in a state. Like I want to, I want people to, who, like our fans, our raving fans, I want to be the one putting out that content and then, them saying the same about us like when we hear your song you know we just feel this we feel amazing like when you when we hear this song every time we put in this song it could be a song that is good for the gym or it could be like a song that's like sensual like that they like you know oh i just want to put people through a lot of different moods and emotions and, and experiences through music both like listening and live i think i love a live show and i love and i see like a live show is you go, you go to a musical or a movie it has the, the high points and the different emotions and the tension. And, mm. yeah, I, I basically, yeah, entertain yeah. people. That's what we're in. This is the business we're in. Entertain, yeah. take people on a journey and sharing my life's experiences in the form of music and in the hope that people relate to it and want to listen to it so, so they can be taken away into their own abyss. And yeah, it connects us, doesn't it? The songs, yeah, can, like it, connect, it connects us to each other on, on, on a humanity level, which absolutely. is beautiful. Yeah, I, I love that and I think that's purely exactly what any artist should be doing if they want to be an artist. It's just about sharing vulnerably what you're going through and mm. that is going to connect to someone else who's probably either going through the same thing or will at some point at another time in life when you've probably gone through it and passed through that part, phase of your life and then... But the song's still there that's like time-capsuling that moment in your life. And so it's mm. there for anyone else whenever they go through that time as well and it's absolutely beautiful, so well done. What is the best advice that you've ever been given in this industry? It's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that. Hmm. Uh, the best advice that anyone's given me. Can I say my partner? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. Like I, I never probably told anyone this, but I probably have said things like to my partner who knows me better than anybody. I mean, if I get to 40 and I'm still in this position where like we have this many fans, I'm probably going to stop doing it. Like mm. this is like the negative me talking. And then she's like, no, you do this because you love it. Even if you have three fans, two fans, one fan, you will do it and I will support you because this is what you love and you're not doing it for the fans. You're doing mm. it because you love it and through that loving it and putting and doing it because you love it and letting go of the expectation of having the fan base, that's usually probably when it will come when you just surrender to the fact that you're just doing this because you love it. And mm -hmm. that sort of advice on the deeper level is probably the best I've got because... I love you know, that. Yeah, because I, I don't, yeah, even like when we put out this single, I didn't care if it went number one or number 10 or even if it charted, I just was like... I want to put out this song because it means something to me. It's part of my life. And yeah. if it's let the music do the talking, you know, like if the song is one that can connect with a lot of people, people it'll, it'll just grow naturally. And, yeah, so I'm just taking that approach. And 
I think that 18-year-old in me sometimes still pops up and just wants to be famous <laughs> or something. And But, you know, definitely having a child has changed me and I've been a lot more grounded and, you know, just realising life's about doing what you love and yeah, and just being in that place. And, and I just, you know, that's why when I write a song, I'm not doing it because I'm trying to make a million dollars of royalties. I'm doing it because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> million dollars it's like a myth isn't it of royalties <laughs> i was watching that show in nashville and the oh, yeah. guy gets a sh- check for a couple hundred thousand dollars of royalties i was like that's a cool that's a cool check you know that would be cool yeah there's a dream and that but if you got a hundred thousand dollars worth of royalties would you just use that to keep doing what you're doing well exactly you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. just funds you to do it again do it for the love of it everything else is secondary to that Absolutely, and I'm a big fan. Like being, being a bit of a boy, I love the Rocky movies, and I love yeah. the trainer. The trainer he gets he gets really famous, and he's become the biggest boxer. He's world champion, and he's training mm. with all this money around him. He's got like showgirls and leaning in for a kiss when he's training, and and the, and the trainer goes, mm. "Let's take you back to the old gym, the dirty gym, and get get some sweat on you, get away from this madness." And yeah. so he got caught up in the fame, and then he ends up losing the fight. So yeah, I I, I I still follow sports. I contribute that to like you know an artist like where I'm in now. Like you, when you're hungry and you're like you, you're really striving to get somewhere, that that's usually when you create the best stuff because there's that hunger inside you. And uh, a lot of the the best athletes, or even some of the even in music, a lot, a lot of the people go to their older catalog because that's when they were like hungry and it's everything was from the heart and passionate and. They didn't have right. like a record label telling them what to do and their music changed. Yeah. Or, so, yeah, just really embracing these times where we're putting out we're putting out music that we want to put out and there's no one yeah. telling us what to do. There's no record label saying, we want you to put this song out. My auntie was signed to a record label and then she oh, okay. years ago and then she ended up leaving because they had broke the whole album for her and she had all these songs written and they didn't want to borrow any of her songs and so there's a lot oh. of that goes on too, but I'm a realist. Oh, well done. And so you've got, you do have a little bit of the, the the music industry in your blood then if your auntie was with a record deal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, my, like I said uh, before, my, my nana is a singer and my mum's, you know, been playing music in my ear, like country rock music all my life. So yeah. uh, that's how I learned about all the old bands and Elvis and yeah, my, my auntie, i got two aunties, another one's a guitarist who plays gigs in Melbourne. I see her play all the time and mm-hmm. very musical family. Yeah, cool. No, that's really good. All right, this one's going to be for more, I guess, younger people, maybe 18-year-olds who are where you are. Do I do football or do I do music? Mm-hmm. But if there's a piece of advice that you know now because of maturity that you wish you had have known, I guess, at the beginning, what would you say to that person who's listening and wanting to know what they should do, where they should start? If you, I'd say if you don't know really what to do and you've you, you got a few passions, because I was in a place where I had quite a few passions and I, I was the kind of person that was good at pretty much anything I did. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's hard. You know, it's, it sounds a bit arrogant. <laughs> it's hard to like, be perfect. <laughs> I was good at footy. I used to be yeah. in state championships of 100-metre sprints and I said, you know, trying to be just – good at all those things that I tried I honestly think it's best to, to at least try everything and when you feel that something in your heart goes something in your heart will click this is for me I didn't mm-hmm. rule out anything I, I always I my last season of football even halfway through I didn't want to play I, I saw it through but yeah I just think that your brain comes to a point where epiphany happens in mm-hmm. life and I just think try everything and follow your heart I like that 
Try everything and follow your heart. Don't do commit. what's if you're with your parents are telling you you've got to do yeah. this or never take this to people but always do what your heart's telling you to do. Mm. And I had to do that. I remember telling my mum that I was stopping football and she was very upset. Like she cried and I remember being oh, very why? nervous telling her because like I was really good at it and she thought that I was like going to be a star. And Next. So those... Mm. Maybe when my son's 18, I think I might understand. But think then, about all the washing that she'd done and all the driving you around for all those years and then for you yeah, to a lot give of up. Stuff. Yeah, that'd really piss you off as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. absolutely. That's probably, I never really thought of it that way, but, yeah, she was actually, she was actually a trainer. Like she, she's oh, the person who, if you're injured, she'd carry you off on a stretcher and stuff. Oh, right. Um, so she was fully, like she was committed mum. Yeah, she was right into it, but yeah. But then, like, I knew, like, I came to this point where I knew that music was where I was going. And, yeah. And then when that happens, you've got you've to gotta just go with it. And even if you have friends or family that are against what you want to do, you've got to stay true to your values because yeah. everyone has values. I know that my son is going to have values that you know, different yeah. to mine, and I have to honour that. And I have my values and you have to live to your values. You know, as soon as you say things like, I should be doing this, oh, I've got to do this, mm. you know, that, but when I hear those words creeping in, I know I'm living someone else's values. So mm. I know I'm living mine when I go, I want to do this. Yeah, I want to write a song. I, I want to study music. Mm. I started saying those things. So I went to yeah. uni, I studied music and I followed my passion and my values and my dreams and, I just think that yeah, you've got to follow and ask yourself and sit down honestly and ask yourself, what do I want to do with myself aside from what anyone else wants? Yeah. And then. Because it is your that. life. Because yeah, you it's your it. life. And you only get one. You can't go back and redo it. So you got to, you mm. have to make those decisions for yourself and own it. Yeah, there's too many, too many stories of people out there that. Because I think, you haven't asked me this, but one of my, like, probably my biggest fear is getting older mm. and regretting. I have so, that. My now that I'm 33, I'm like I, I want to make sure the rest of my life is live to what I want to do, and and music is that, and putting out originals of music and recording it, playing live, loving my family, having a couple. Look, more it's kids a good life. <laughs> it's a good life. I love my kids, and they do make life just worth living. If I'm honest, but you've got to have something that's mm. you as well for me anyway, and that's music for me and. I think having kids was the reason that I was like, what am I doing? Because I was a bedroom warrior with my music and I would just, it was just for me. But I didn't share it with anyone. I couldn't sing publicly. And I I had my kids and I'm like, what am I doing? I want to be able to tell my kids that they can do and be whoever they want to be. And I'm too chicken shit scared to go out and do what I want to do. So I was like, i got to do this if for no other reason than to show my kids that I can be brave and courageous and follow my heart so that they have that that courage and that example of what that looks like and I'm so glad I did but it took having children mm. looking up to me to go oh okay <laughs> that's beautiful and I'll, I'll, I'll give you some insight too oh, I'm getting deep I love here. it I love the deep um, stuff give it to me <laughs> so like when I before we had our kid I actually freaked out yeah and I was like how am I gonna do every like how am I gonna do music do I have to quit like and be a dad like I freaked out yeah had a bit of a breakdown for a week mm-hmm just and one week. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I 
My partner will probably listen to this back and go, I was longer than a week. <laughs> but yeah, I just like froze up and I was like, I don't know, how am I going to make this work and how am I going to raise a kid and then pay for this and then do that and have the time to practice, have the time to write songs and do this and that. So all these questions go through my head. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. It's, yeah, yeah. And then my, my girl, and then eventually my, my partner goes to me, do you realize all the guys, all the artists and the musicians that you look up to, yeah. they all have kids? Yeah. She goes, Keith Urban has two kids. Bon Jovi has four kids. She's like, all these guys that you look up to, Luke, Brian, you name it. Like, yeah. they all married and have kids. What's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's then, been done before. You're not going to die. It's like, yeah. all the cool ones have kids. I was like, yeah. And then yeah. ever since then, I've been, I don't know, I feel like when you have kids, yeah, I'm, like, more proactive. I'm more hungry. I have more purpose. And yeah. even if I get less sleep, I'm more happier and I don't know. It's just a weird thing happens. Some of my friends are now becoming new parents and dads, and mm. I'm just like, I'm just telling them. I bring my son to my gigs. He puts headphones on. I'm like, he's just part of the yeah. family, and I'm just like, yeah. this is, having a kid that is not a deal breaker. It's you can do your dreams and have kids, mm. and I think them seeing you grow up and doing what you love will inspire them to follow their passion too. Exactly. Kids do as you do. They don't do as you say. So you better make sure you're happy with that. I did personal training for 10 years and I had so many mums that would come to me and they'd spent five years sacrificing their lives for their children and then their kids go to school and all of a sudden they wake up and realise they haven't been taking care of themselves and they've put on all this weight. And I I usually would always say to them first is, especially if they had a daughter, it's like when your daughter grows up and has a baby, do you want her to treat herself the way you're treating yourself right now? And it's always a no because they they weren't taking care of themselves. Your child's not going to do what you say. They're going to do what you do. And we set the example for our kids. And if you think about that and you take it seriously, it's a big kick in the butt (laughs) to make sure that you're treating yourself and you're treating yourself the way that you want your children to – you're living your life the way you want your children to live their lives because – guarantee you whatever you do they will do better (laughs) but (laughs) but they will do it and yeah it's a hard thing but we also don't own children either and I liked the way you said that your child's going to have his own values and he will because he's a separate human being from you it's hard to think of it that way when they're a little baby but they're a separate human being I remember my singing teacher it always stuck with me that she said to me that she goes, I, I was responsible for them growing up and until they got to 18, I told, I sat them down and I said mm. to them, I've raised you the best that I possibly can. Now, you, I, if you want to move out, go out into the world, do what you want to do, you're welcome. Mm. But you're always welcome back here. I'm not going to hold you here. Sort of thing. And I, 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 always, I really want to do that. Like I want to raise the kid the best I can and then when they're old enough to say, look, you're, I've done the best I can, I want you to go out and live your dreams and do what you want to do. I think that's a beautiful thing to yeah. just give them freedom and have a, have a really secure attachment with your kids where they feel comfortable to be themselves and, and then come back home if they need you or, you know. So My goal is home. just to keep them alive. If I can get my two boys to 18 in one piece, I'll be <laughs> really happy and hopefully they can make it through their early 20s without any serious injuries as well. So <laughs> we'll see. We have two boys and... And a girl. Girl, nice. Yeah, yeah. Had three my, within my, four years. Got them all done quick. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about that at the moment. Like my partner, yeah. You know, we're just like, should we wait or should we just go bang? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the conversation. We just did it. <laughs> just, that's yeah, how. Yeah, I think just let nature take its course. All right, I want to ask you a question about your influences because you've 
listed quite a few in this chat. Mm-hmm. So if you could co-write with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I, I wish I could say Elvis, but he never wrote any of his songs. <laughs> he tried. He definitely yeah, tried. Songwriter, write with. I would write with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Yeah, why? I definitely want to collaborate with Bruce Springsteen. He was my biggest songwriter influence pretty much always. And I've watched a lot of his videos on how he writes songs and he goes within a really deep place within himself. And mm. like he, he kind of taps into, into a spiritual place even, you know, within himself to write songs. And mm. it's hard to explain it, but you have to watch his videos and how he explains it. But just, I just want to learn more about that, what he taps into. He goes, he really taps into this, like this, you know, something in like his soul, like when he's writing a song, it's not like, it's, he's not writing from his mind almost. He's like it's coming from like a different place. His spirit, he, yeah. I don't think he's a Christian or anything. Or, but, yeah, it's just the way he approaches songwriting from a real spiritual kind of, you know, depth, soul kind of place. And mm. you know, he's written every one of his songs in his career. He's got so many albums out there and he's a machine. Yeah, I just would love to write with him and learn, you know, some tricks from him. Absolutely. Yeah. And then another one would be Eddie Cochran, which I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a 50s. I have yeah, heard of him. He is a 50s, uh, Elvis 50s era, but he died in 1960. But uh, him and his girlfriend used to write songs together, and my girlfriend's actually helped me write some of my songs. Nice. And, it's a bit um, of inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Just He was young when he died, like 20, but uh, I'd just love to write a cool, you know, rock song with that guy. You know, yeah. So. <laughs> cool. Oh, and they're all great options. And I haven't heard about the, the, the Bruce Springsteen's video. Is that like a YouTube thing or – like on yeah, yeah, yeah. I just tried. I did it during lockdown actually last year. I was, yeah, cool. I was like trying to learn about songwriting, and mm. I typed in Bruce Springsteen songwriting, and there's there's a, there's a video of him talking about it. Have you seen Jerry Maguire? Like he wrote, he wrote, he wrote a lot of the songs for that movie, and oh yeah, yeah, he's written for a lot of movies, and yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, I think I had heard that somewhere, but I haven't done a lot of research on him. But I think I'm going to go do some more after this conversation. So. Thank you for that. I'll pop, I'll, if I find the link, I'll put it in the description of the podcast. But, yeah. So what are you doing now? You just released a single. What's your goal for this year? Are you going to – I don't know what touring looks like for you at the moment or anyone really in Victoria, but what, what are your goals? Have you got a plan? Absolutely, yeah. Our plan is to release a, a bunch more singles over the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah, release singles, be consistent with our – singles and and our our social media and just really be interactive and build our fan base and Mm. in terms of shows we are playing quite a few shows this year but you know it's pretty limited we're more focusing on recording we're in the studio at the moment rolling out a bunch of songs to be released over the next couple of years so we're planning ahead yeah Yeah, because i I wrote 20 songs in lockdown so we're like recording them at the moment so that was a really cool experience. Yeah, so that lockdown yeah. was good for planning ahead and just like getting all these songs under under my belt for the band mm. and we're workshopping and recording them with our producer, Daniel Kalar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, obviously spending a lot of time in the studio this year, releasing singles, doing interviews like this, yep. playing shows. We got VDM Fest in October up in Queensland and Billa yeah. yeah, cool. I've yeah, heard that's a really good one. Have you been to that one before? No, I've never been. It was really Funny how I stumbled upon that. I applied for a different festival called Music Is Life. Yeah. And then the guy apparently runs BDM Fest as well. And he just, his man, he goes, you guys would suit my country rock edge festival. 
Yeah, cool. And, and you booked us and I can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be yeah. awesome. We got Beach Bar in Melbourne on the thirtieth, thirty first of July. And yep. yeah, we just got yeah, we check our website if you want to see our dates, but we got quite a few gigs in Melbourne. We got Tamworth Country Music Festival twenty twenty two. We're looking forward to coming up there. Yep. So you're just doing some festivals, recording and releasing songs. So our next single will be out in October. Yep, awesome. I'm actually pushing for it to be the Troy Camp Co one, so it might be okay. that one, but I won't share anymore. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll have to go and follow you on your socials to keep in touch with what's coming out next. But I'm also going to put your socials and your Spotify and YouTube, your cool music video, all up on the description of this podcast. And there will be a blog with all of the, all that information on the website songwritertrist.com as well. Is there anything else you would like to share before we finish up? We've had a great conversation and I'm really looking forward to just seeing what comes next. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been great chatting to you and uh, getting into the depths of how we write songs. But, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. And you can follow us on Instagram. We're quite active there, Eddie Rock mm-hmm. Band or Facebook. And our songs uh, can be streamed on any streaming platform. But most people go for Spotify or iTunes. Yep. You can find our two singles that are on there and our EP. Yep. My Last Road. And, uh, yeah, check out our video clips on YouTube. Yep. And that's about it. Yeah, but, uh, yep. yeah, we are looking forward to hopefully seeing you at Samworth. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, I mean, so. I'll, wherever, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be in the same place at the same time at some point and, yeah, be able to catch up and hear some live music. That'd be great. Get you on stage, sing a, a country duet. Yes. God, don't stop. I actually have a really bad habit of writing duets and it's a bad habit because I don't really have a male vocalist to do it. So I'm like, I just need to start collaborating with other male artists and um, (laughs) getting some cool country male vocals on them because for some reason I just write them and I come out and I'm like, oh, I've done it again, another duet. It's so much harder to record but why not? Just do it. I'm a sucker for a good country duet. Me too. Anyway, I love it. I love it when the male and female vocals just dance around each other. It's such a beautiful sound. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to sharing this. And, yeah, keep up the good work. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how things progress from here. Thank you so much, Ray. Thanks for having me and uh, thanks for the chat. Thanks for joining our songwriter Trist today. To join the family and keep up to date with future podcasts, you can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Please leave a review and subscribe. To support the podcast or contact me or our guest, please go to the website songwritertrists.com. Crowd, no one can hear me.